This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. It says that they all went out preaching the word, and it says that the Lord coming along or working with them, confirming his word with signs and wonders falling. So I, I've always taken that. If I've got a, if I've got something from the Lord, if I've heard from the Lord on a direction or on a sermon or on something I know that, that if I feel real strong that God is saying that to do that to me that's what that scripture says that they went forth preaching the word that the Lord gave them to do and it says if I know I got the right word I always say a good message is the right message I know if I've got the right message then that tells me that the Lord's going to be alongside of me while I'm delivering it and saying it and then is it up to me to confirm the word or will he confirm the word? God will confirm the word. It, 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 so, and that says they preach the word, the Lord walking and working alongside of them. And it says confirming his word with signs and wonders following. Well, brothers and sisters, I do the best I can to pray and not just pull stuff out of the file or whatever. I really seek God because I take it seriously to bring the right direction and the right messages to COTR. Um, I, I, I don't just kind of put that together. I, I labor in prayer and, 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 and think and pray and meditate. But guys, I really feel like the Lord has said to me that, that 2017, there is going to be a great awakening there's going to be a great awakening and I started saying well Lord what's that mean a great awakening and I just felt a rumble and a stirring and a, and a power a, a powerful strength and even even during the song service I almost uh, felt like the Lord was giving me a prophetic word but I felt like him saying to me do you know who you are in Christ do you know that all things are possible to him who believes that, that this has got to, this is going to be the year of the unimaginable, the unthinkable, the greatest year. But you got to believe that and you got to embrace that and you got to own it like it's yours, man. You got to own that like it's yours and you got to believe it. You can't just know it, you got to believe it for yourself and act upon it. But this is, I believe, it's going to be a great year of awakening. And so I, I started um, asking the Lord, well, what's that mean? He said, I want him, I kept hearing the Lord say, tell him to just give me, a, 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 give me, give me something to work with. Give me a little bit. And, uh, and, and so uh, uh, to give God something, that, some belief or, or something from ourselves that he can take it and make something great with it. Because sometimes we just give God hardly anything to work with here, you know what I mean? You, we, don't, we give half efforts, we don't try, we're not serious, we're not committed, and we're like, oh, we want your blessing, God, but we don't have to do any, we don't have to move or do anything. There's got to be an attitude, an adjustment, and a focus, and, and to embrace what God has for you, and to give God something to work with. But anyway, I felt like the Lord said, I need that extra. And I kept thinking about Daniel praying 21 days. And the Lord heard his prayer the first day. But, but what he was praying about, there was such a resistance in the spirit realm. There was such a resistance in the spirit realm to where Gabriel and Michael had to leave heaven and go bust it through so the answer of prayer could come to the earth. I mean, it, but I believe there's that kind of things going on in the spirit for some of you. I believe that there is some strong 
demonic principalities, some strong powers that are resisting the godly, that are resisting you. And you can't go about it with just a, an attitude, well, if it comes, or, or doubts. or uh, I mean, you, you can't approach it like that. You, you've got to approach this year with a different mind frame and a different mindset to, to, uh, to, to obtain what God wants for you, okay? But, but anyway, I, I kept saying, hearing the Lord say, it's got to take that extra. And so I started reading, and I started seeing that there's a reward for fasting, there's a reward for prayer, and there's a reward for giving. And I'm not talking about financial giving. I believe that 2000, that is a part of it, but I believe 2017 is a year of sowing and reaping. If you sow mercy, you're going to reap mercy. I mean, it's a year of sowing and reaping. It, it, to me, you determine what this year is going to be for you. It, 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 what do you want out of this year? What, what are you going to embrace? What are you going to believe for? I think we need to be bet the farm. We got, need to have a, a faith that's so strong that we're bet the farm risk takers. Some of you need to take some risk, some, some, some things. But, but anyway, this month, today I'm going to kind of kick it off. And then next week we're going to start a 21-day fast as a church. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. And I'll preach on that. And then the next week, I'm going to give you some keys on prayer that will rock your world. And you know we talk a lot about prayer. And then I'm going to talk about giving. But then we're going to end up the end of this month. I'm going to, you're going to start you're going to hear little bits of it as we're walking up. But at the end of January, I'm, we're going to release the vision on what God's asking us to do as a church this year. And uh, we're calling that Heart for the House Day. And uh, we've been meeting with a committee for like since October or November. I don't remember when we started meeting. But we've been meeting and planning. And you're going to start seeing this unfold through January. But I've asked John to come up. And uh, every week we're going to have someone in our church come up and talk about Heart for the House. Thank you, Pastor. Well, good morning, Church on the Rock family. My name is John McGillivray, and my wife and I and our children have been coming to Church on the Rock since 2009. We called it our, our family, a church home, and that's back in the Elgin Theater days. And that's important because you heard Carmen talk about and Josh talk about the importance of family. This is where we consider our church family to be. And today I stand before you as a member of that committee that has been working on that vision for 2017. And as Pastor Brian said, over the coming weeks, we're going to have a different member of the team come up and talk about bits and pieces of that until we get to the end of January where we release that total vision. But rather than talk about today what we're going to specifically work on, I want to talk about why our committee was put together in the first place. Because I think the why is very, very important. Back in 2016, long time ago, um, Pastor Brian led us through two very powerful series. He led us through God First Living and God's 300. And these two series are just absolutely fundamental to why our committee was put together. And I want to talk about one of the principles today from the God First Living series, where Pastor Brian talked to us and the Bible is full of it, 
that we are not meant to do life alone. We are meant to do life as a community, or more precisely, as a family, God's family. And when we think about the term family, a lot of times we might think back to our parents and the siblings we were raised with, or we might fast forward to today's uh, environment where we might have a spouse and children running around. But those two definitions have one thing in common. They have the, the commonality of home. And that is such an important topic as we move forward in 2017. Now, Amy and I have some very good friends that this week, Wednesday night, were blessed with their first child. And they had been trying for years to have a child. And we are just so ecstatic that uh, God blessed them with beautiful baby Connor. And as you become a parent, you begin to transform your home and you're anticipating that new arrival to create space in your home for um, opportunities to teach your child, to play with your child, to take care of your child. You transform your kitchen and your eating area to make room for your growing family. And as we look ahead in 2017, we understand that those efforts create the opportunity and the space to create those special moments that become memories that we carry with us for a lifetime. In case you haven't noticed and looked around, and as certainly as Pastor Carmen said, you know, our family is growing. Uh, five new children, uh, more on the way, and we're, we're just so excited about that uh, in the coming year. And you look around, I mean, this has such meaning to me, the lives that we were able to impact because of our growing numbers and our growing faith and our ability to reach out and serve those. So as we look forward into 2017, we are going to try and walk through that same type of transformation that a new parent does when they're expecting new arrivals. We are looking forward to creating space within this church and within these grounds to welcome and to teach, and to take care of, and to serve our church family and our church home and our community around us in ways that we've never been able to do in the past. 2017 is going to be a phenomenal year for Church on the Rock. I, I believe that in all of my heart. And it's going to take all of us. It's going to take God's 300 to make that happen. So, again, next week, we are going to start unveiling portions of that vision. Another team member is going to get up here and speak with you. But until that time happens, what I would ask is that you hold our committee in prayer, that we can accurately and faithfully capture God's vision for this church, that we can articulate that to you guys, and then most importantly, execute that when God says go that we are ready to move forward and make this place for his purposes and his glory. So thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing all of us watch what God is going to do through us in 2017. Thank you, John. You can set it there. I appreciate that. You know, when those... Uh, um, you know, Kelly and Bill and their committee 
put out 60 food baskets at Thanksgiving and then another 60 I think at Christmas and then all when we took on this school I got to thinking boy are we being a little bit aggressive but man you guys rose to the occasion and a lot of great things are happening so man it was just December season of generosity this just showed to me that this church doesn't sit around and talk about a miracle they want to be a part of a miracle so God bless you guys. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you'll bless the word, the preaching of the word. And, and Lord, I pray that, that it'll take root in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, there's going to be a great awakening in 2017. I believe that there's going to be a spiritual awakening to people that you feel like your spirits are dead. Or you feel like you've had a numbness. Or you feel like that you've had a coldness towards the Lord. I believe there's going to be an awakening in marriages that, are, that, have, that have went just kind of blah. I believe there's going to be awakening to wayward sons and daughters. Children that have left the, left the Lord. I believe there's going to be awakening in relationships that have been dead. I believe there's going to be an awakening that people are going to get free from addictions that have kicked their butt for years. I believe this is going to be a year of awakening. I believe that people that have emotional pain and, and things that have been done to them, I believe it is a, a year of a, an awakening. I believe there's a God-first living awakening in our church and in our world. I believe that there's an awakening. Paul said, let's awake to righteousness and sin not anymore, not be a part of this world. I believe there's an awakening of righteousness. I believe there's an awakening of the presence of God and a hunger for the presence of God in the hearts of people because we've tried this world and we've tried the things of this world and they do not satisfy but when we drink of him and we drink of his presence how many know that he said it satisfies I believe there's an awakening I believe that the church on the rock mission is going to go forward I believe we're going to get traction I believe we're going to be in step and in tune with the spirit of God and we'll not get behind and each year do you ever feel like you get behind a little more each year this isn't the year to get behind this is a year to not only catch up it's a year to get ahead amen I believe that God wants us to be walking with him and I want to ask you today are you awake are you awake are you awake in your spirit are you awake are you alive in God are, are you awake in, in your heart throb? Is your heart beating stronger for the Lord than it did the first day you met him? Are you awake? Are you serving the Lord with the same kind of fervor you started to? Are you awake today? Are you, it, does the word still excite you? Do you still enjoy the rendezvous that you and God have in that secret place? Anybody with me, amen? Are, are you awake today in your spirit? I'm telling you, uh, I'm, I'm 28 years in this thing, and it gets better every year. It gets stronger every year. The Word of God, I get hungrier every year. I'm like Caleb and Joshua. When they were 80 years later, they said, hey, I may have waited 40 years for a promise, but I'm stronger. I can see better, and I'm ready to whoop that giant and take my land. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for the Lord. Are you ready? Are you awake? Are you ready? The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 11, it says never, and this is talking about your relationship with the Lord in context. It says never be lazy. Never be lazy. Don't hit the snooze when you need to get up and pray. Don't say I'm too tired. We're, we're, we, we got enough energy to go to work, but we're too tired to go to church. Or we're too tired to serve. 
Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve the Lord with zeal, some of your scriptures say, with excitement. And I believe that serving the Lord, there's emotions involved with it. And I'm still enthusiastic and I'm excited. Are you enthusiastic and are you excited? But I'm telling you that there is an enemy of your soul. And I call him, there is a great destroyer. Write that down. There is a great destroyer. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. To destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life. The enemy is out to take your faith or to destroy your faith. Do you know that some of what you guys go through is to get you to say, where's God? What you go through is is the devil hitting you with it so he'll take your faith. The Bible says, Simon, Simon, in Luke 22, 31, it says, the devil's asked that he could have you and sift you as wheat. Luke 18, 8, it says, but when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? Will he find people that are still on fire for the Lord? Do you know that the Bible says that it, it warns us not to grow cold on the eve of his coming? It talks about a, 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 a getting colder and a nonchalantness to where you're kind of asleep in the light. But don't let it, when the Son of Man comes back, is he going to find a church? You know, when they talk about this end time church, when Paul describes it, he said it's a glorious church. That means victorious. It's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's a confident church. It's a strong people. It's a miracle-working people. It's people that aren't just holding the fort or hanging in there, but we're vibrant, we're enthusiastic, and we're serving the Lord with gladness. The Bible says the devil's a destroyer. He walks around like a prowling lion. Paul said, stay alert, watch out for this great enemy, the devil. He prowls like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone that he could devour. His teeth are dripping with poison. His teeth are dripping with anticipation for you to be not watching, do something stupid so he can just jump on you like a lion and devour you. Stand firm against him, Paul said. And be strong in the faith. The faith. He's a vulture. He's a destroyer. Matthew 24, 28 says, Just as the vultures gather around where the carcass is, when the vultures gather, you know the carcass is nearby. And it says, uh, you know that the culture is ne- the carcass is nearby. So these signs indicate that the time is near. I'm telling you, in the end times, Christians are going to fall asleep in the dark, and, 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 and they're going to have a dead stench. Remember the old Western movies where the vultures flying around, and they're watching the guy going through the desert, and they're wait, waiting for him to drop down, and then he, his lips are chapped, he's thirsty, and then he swats them away, but then they just land, and they start picking on him. I'm telling you, the devil can smell death. He can smell death. He can smell the death of sin in your life. 
He can smell the death of God's vibrancy in your life. He can smell the death of you kind of getting lackadaisical and not caring. And he just swarms around you. And he waits. Where the dead carcass is, there the vulture will be. I'm telling you, he's a destroyer. He attacks the weak. Deuteronomy 25, 17 and 18 says, Never forget what Amalekite did to you as you came out of Egypt. Talking about Israel coming out of Egypt. Don't forget what they did. They, ta- they attacked you. They attacked you when you were, thank you, when you were exhausted. Anybody ever get exhausted? How many say when you get tired is when the temptation gets stronger? And when you say things and do things, you're exhausted. That's why rest is important. When, when, when people get exhausted and weary, they attacked them. And they struck down, they struck those down that straggled behind. The enemy wants to isolate you. When you start getting cold and dead and the carcass is start the carcass is starting to smell and the vulture's starting to come and he's starting to the lion's getting ready to prowl, when all those indicators come, that's when most people say, well, I don't believe I'll go to church today. I'm offended. I'm not going to serve anymore because somebody hurt my feelings. Thus and so POs me every time I go to church, and I just not go because they just irritate me. They, you start getting into these kind of mindsets. You get exhausted. You get weary with people. Do you ever get weary with people? That's why the reason God is faithful is because his compassion is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. People get exhausted. They get weary. The next thing that happens is they stop showing up at group. They stop serving. They stop coming to church. You know, society says if church people come once a month, that's what you're supposed to expect now is that church members come once a month, and that's called church membership. That's hogwash. And we're not going to bend into culture and society because that's what they say. The scripture says, don't forsake the house of the Lord as a matter some do. It's a habit that we need to keep. It's an exercise. It's a discipline that we need so we stay strong because the day of the Lord's approaching. But he gets people to isolate you think about it when you get into it with your wife or your husband or, or you get into it with a friend. Everybody's first thing is let's isolate. Don't do it. I'm telling you, 2017 is the time to take back what the devil's stolen from you. Now, remember two weeks ago I preached about storms. And I said storms come from one of three places. One, they come from you. And you think about the teenager that's coming in like... <laughs> Pastor, I'm so I'm so upset. What, what's the matter? What's the matter? I, I don't know what happened. What, 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 what happened? I'm so upset, and they're crying. You calm them down. It's like my my girlfriend's pregnant, and I'm like, you don't know what happened. Hello, we know what happened. All right, who caused that? Did the devil make you do it? Did other people make you do it? I understand that some people have been victimized by 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 that but most of the time you chose that so you're laying in the bed you made sometimes others do it to you the storms that you're in others and guys 
people that were on the boat with Jonah, they were in that storm because of Jonah disobeying God and running the other way. How many people in your life are you in their storm? That, that was one of my problems before I went on sabbatical, is everybody got me in their storms. And there's a time when everybody tries to pull you in their storm, there's a time, buddy, to throw Jonah overboard if they're making your ship sink. Oh, but we got we to gotta stay with people and love never fails. That don't mean drown in the boat with them. Sometimes you need to, boy, I feel the preacher coming today. Some of you need to throw some people out of your boat that's dragging you down. Oh, every time I get around these people, I, I start cussing and doing drugs, and, and I go to church, and I'm asking the Lord, I'm wanting to quit drinking, but every time, get away from them. The, the things that are pulling you down, get rid of relationship. If people dump all their problems, and, and, and you're already struggling with keeping your own head above water and, and with depression and stuff, and you get around and start, moms get this big time. Moms, like everybody. Most moms, if you've got a family of six, which ours is, most moms have five babies. I'm one of them. Carmen not only has the four kids, she's answering all their questions and doing the FASFAs and figuring out how to fix this and where to do this and dealing with the drama because men's like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with those, these emotions and drama. We're like, but, and the, so the woman always get, gets, gets that. I'm telling you, Carmen needs to throw me overboard. No, don't you do it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> and listen, I speak prophetically. Some of you are in storms because you're simply following God. Jesus said, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. They were just obeying Jesus and they got in the storm. But when things were calm, Nobody wondered where Jesus was, but storms cause a desperation. Where's Jesus? Everybody's looking for Jesus. So storms cause a desperation for Jesus. And the other thing, our storms are an opportunity for the demonstration of God's power. But we need to take back the storms. Some of you, remember in that, that sermon series, I said this was the, that sermon a couple of weeks ago, I said this was the mother load of storms. These were fishermen. This was the mother load. How many of you are having the mother load of loads of storms from 2016? The mother load of storms. And I'm telling you, God, thus saith the Lord. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through this person. Don't carry over 2016 into 2017 it's a new day it's a new awakening it's a new year and I feel that strong okay addictions health you're going to have to set you're going to have to have your best year and if you're going to have your best year in 2017 listen John already said it we're going to have to put God first in our living Happiness in life is not an issue of need, Larry. I know you liked this when I said it before. It's not an issue of need, but it's of order. If God's divine order is intact in, in our lives, then all of our needs 
will be met. Happiness isn't about order. Where order's restored, where we have the order restored in our life, blessing is released. Amen? When people put God first, the value-driven living in their life, all the other components line up. Are y'all believing me? When you put God first, because the Bible says, but seek ye first. That seek in the Greek means, um, that seek in the Greek means to enter into a contract of covenant. It's a contract of covenant. In other words, you can't change your mind about it every time you wake up or every time something changes. When it says, but seek ye first, it's like get in a covenant, get in a contract covenant with this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That righteousness there is not talking about right standing with God. It's, it's the one kind of like in Psalms 23 where it says, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That means that God is leading you in paths that, that, that make his word concrete in your life and that his character and integrity is lived out through you is what it means. It's not talking about right standing. It's talking about embracing godly values, embracing right ways, in, in, in studying God's word and, and, and deciding this is what I'm going to be about as a father. This is, a, this is the person that I'm going to become. And the person that I'm going to be is going to be made up by God's word. That's what this righteousness means. And all these other things. So, so, so seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It, 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 it's, 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 it's getting values and getting things in your, in your, from the word deep in your spirit to where you begin to live from the inside out. And the values that you put in your life from the word of God creates the culture you're wanting to live in. How many ever just walk in a place and it feels good? Like a restaurant. The, the atmosphere is just there. The, the painting, the food, the service. The taking, the, 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 the greeting at the door. There's certain establishments you walk in and you're like, what you see, feel, taste, hear, all of it, all your five senses, you go in that place and you're like, man, every bit of this feels right. That's not osmosis. That's not done just flippantly. That's done intentionally. That's a company or that's an individual that has clearly identified their values and they practiced them. They walked in right. Seek the value. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek the values. Enter into contract with them. Die by them. Marry them. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his walk in them. Okay? And so when you're in that establishment, the, the values that they intentionally did created that culture that they lived in how many of you'd like to change the culture you're living in right now how many of you'd like to change how it feels how it looks every day that you, the, the life that you live 
It starts by seeking first the kingdom of God and putting his values first in you. People think, well, better job, this car, this job, this relationship, this. You know, I've heard of marriages when they have marriage problem, they're like, well, we need to have a kid. Hello, that makes it easier. Uh, but, 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 but you're like, our society takes on all these other things looking for stuff. I'm telling you, in 2017, put God first. Seek out the values that you're going to have in your home, that you're going to have. Don't itch your head every week and think, well, am I going to go to church tomorrow? Do the bears play? Is this going on in our life? Did I stay up late? Uh, no, decide that. Enter into contract and don't waste time thinking about it every week. Get up and do it every week. You don't even have to think about that one anymore. Same with giving of, of the tithe and the offering. Establish that fact. Put it in your heart. Make it a value of your life. Put the fruits of the Spirit. Establish that. Say, I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to do those things. I'm telling you, you're going to reap what you sow in 217. You're going to reap what you sow. Establish those values. Get them deep. And you're going to start seeing the culture. You're going to start seeing the surroundings. You're going to start seeing the environment. You're going to start seeing your atmosphere change because there's an awakening coming to those who want it in 217. I believe that. The devil's the destroyer. But God's the restorer. God spoke that to me yesterday. The devil's the destroyer, but God's the restorer. He's going to wake these things. Matthew 12, 20 says, He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. If you're bruised today, if you're hurt, he's going to do what Mr. Miyagi, Biagi, Miyagi, Remember when those guys broke in and took those bonsai trees and pulled them apart? How many watched the Karate Kid? They, they broke in, took the bonsai trees and pulled them apart and kicked them all over. All right. Remember Mr. Miyagi? He took it tenderly. He put soil back in. That bruised tree that was dying. His tender hands took it and put it back in soil. He tenderly put it back together. He tenderly wrapped bandages around it. He fertilized it. He watered it. He put the perfect water on it to where that tree stood strong again. If you're bruised today, he will tenderly take you. He will walk you through your pain. Me and Carmen are so excited about a class that Darlene and uh, Jerry, is Jerry in here? Jerry and Mickey, Jerry, is Mick doing it with you? Just Jerry? Jerry and Darlene, they're doing a new Bible study called what? Grief share. With people that suffered loss or loneliness or pain. I mean, it, it's, it, it's awesome. But hey, that bruise week, come be healed. Come and be healed. That smoking flax, that, that's why 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, fan into flame 
Do you know when he says that famine is flame? In that 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 says this. Remember that faith, that genuine faith. Uh, remember that, that genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois, then your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith, he's talking about faith. That same faith is strong in you. This is why I need to remind you. He's talking about faith. Remember, the devil's a destroyer of faith. He said, hey, remember that strong faith that you grew up with. Listen, remember that strong faith that you were born again into when you got born again. Paul said this, this is why I'm reminding you, fan into flame that spiritual gift that God gave you when I prayed for you and laid my hands on you. He's talking about faith. Brothers, I, I did a deal one time where you hit the thing and get the fire going and blow it, fan it into flame. Simon, and then another one, uh, that, 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 remember a while ago when I said the vulture, where the vulture is, there is the dead carcass? I thought of this story. Um, I feed squirrels. I, I love squirrels. Me and Carmen get up about 6 o'clock. We got all windows. We turn the heat up. Um, I give, man, I probably give a half a gallon of corn every morning and water them and Braden brought me this um, this horse head. It's a miniature horse head. It's real, man. No, it's plastic. <laughs> and you put a string on it, and you put walnuts up in the nose, and you hang it, and the squirrel gets up and puts his walnut in that looks like a squirrel with a horse's head on it. But anyway, I'm crazy about squirrels. Um, there, there's this squirrel that, that came up about two months ago and I grew up a farmer where I'm kind of callous to animals but God's kind of changed that in me where I'm real sympathetic to animals when you grow up on a farm you kind of lose sympathy you, you're just kind of mean towards animals or something you guys really think was mean um, but anyway uh, uh, this squirrel came up and he'd been hit by a car or something and he didn't have any hair his hair was gone, skin and bones, skinny, skin and bones, and um, couldn't walk. He, he couldn't walk. He was like paralyzed in a couple of his legs, and his tail was just about gone. I mean, he, he was, but when he came, those other 12, 14 squirrels, they would just attack him, and I'd be running out of the house and getting this, that because they're, animals when they sense dead they attack weakness that's what the devil does he attacks weakness well anyway this they're attacking him and i'm like trying to protect this squirrel i started getting walnuts because i knew they were high in protein so i got where i'd bring this squirrel up and i could feed walnuts to him right out of my hand and he would come every day and i'd scare the other squirrels off and sit there and feed him walnuts he got bigger and bigger and bigger bigger his hair grew in his tails almost filled out he got he's bigger than all the squirrels now he's a big red he's a big red and I just noticed in the last three days clear up until the last three days I still had to keep the other squirrels away from him but clear up to the last three days he's it's like he woke up and he was like I'm bigger <laughs> and 
and he's, he's stronger now. And now I'm so excited. He, he's, the last three days, he's chasing them off where I don't have to have Carmen yelling at me because the door's open. <laughs> so our marriage is much better even now. Uh, <laughs> but um, I got to thinking about that. That's what the devil does. If some of you are wounded in the stench of death, you're being attacked. But God's feeding you out of his hand this year. He's watching you get stronger each day. He's seeing you get bigger. He's seeing you get more confident. And, you know, some of us, to me, that squirrel still lived. In his mind, he was still a weak squirrel that everybody beat up. But at some point, something flipped in his mind. Where he wasn't that weak squirrel everybody beat up. Some of you are acting like slaves in your son, in your daughter. You're not supposed to be getting beat up. But you may be, I don't know where you're at on your journey, but you may be at the spot where you just need to be wrapped up. You just need to eat walnuts out of God's hand. You need some protein, some spiritual strength. You need to cry. You need to have somebody hold you. You need to have somebody protect you right now. But I just wrote this down during praise and worship. I was thinking about that squirrel. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that squirrel, something changed in his head to where there's some of you are going to change where you're going to realize you're not a slave, but you're a son or a daughter. And the, here's what the Lord spoke to me while we were singing a while ago. He said, because I noticed that squirrel still has his limp. But that scar and that pain is a past memory. It doesn't ail him anymore. I'm going to tell you, whatever you've gone through in your life, God never wastes a hurt. And he never wastes an affliction. And you're going to get strong again. And you're going to start smacking the devil away from you this year. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.